Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. This is Sean Webb with Quadiant. You're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast. And the safety tip for today is to always get the proper training when you are around heavy machinery or automation. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates in wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. That's www.sixriver.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by Sean Webb. He is the Director of Automated Packaging Solutions at Quadient. And Quadient delivers you automated packing solutions. You may remember them. We spoke to Bass over at Modex the last time we were able to do anything in person and learned about their solutions. And they're continuing to you know, drive improvement in the automated packaging solution space, which has certainly become essential during the pandemic as well with the spike in demand of e-commerce and has helped a lot of companies push through that and and become somewhat essential. So Sean's going to talk to us about that and kind of, you know, what has been going on with Quadient. So Sean, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thanks, Kevin. I'm doing real well. Yeah, yeah. happy to have you on and, you know, wishing we were in person, but the times are the times, right? It is. It is. We'll, we'll make the best of it here. So I appreciate you taking the time. Definitely, definitely. So for those that may not be familiar, why don't you give us a brief overview of Quadient and what it is that you guys do? Sure. Quadient is a French company. Historically, has been in the mailrooms across the globe. You can think of it as mail meters, sortation, inserting machinery, etc. Mm-hmm. 
And as the marketplace evolved, we too created new solutions and products for our customers. Mm. Automation of these packages, what we're focusing on here and talking about our CVP is really exciting, especially in this day and age, you know, creating the right size box on demand that can dynamically, you know, size the items going through it and create that right size box has really been essential to help customers uh, meet their demands. As you mentioned, you know, in this pandemic environment, you've got a lot of people who have discovered e-commerce sitting at home. They they were forced to do it. And it's certainly driving the need to better fulfill those orders. And so automation really is essential for people to move forward as they keep up with that demand. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, essential is the, the key word there. In some cases, you know, just like the consumer had to turn to essentially e-commerce if maybe they were averse to it in the past because it, it was only the only option in some cases at some points during this pandemic. I think companies as well have to turn to automation at different levels to keep up. It's become essential and, and almost mandatory in the space. So I'm curious, you know, the last time I mentioned, you know, I talked to you guys was at Modex when we, we were in person. I think it was like the week before everything shut down, really, or it was just the beginning of things starting to shut down. So how has the business done throughout the pandemic? Have you guys seen higher demands on your end for people looking to try and match this e-commerce demand from consumers? Yeah, so it certainly was a, a strange environment last time uh, we had a chance to sit down with you. What we've seen, I think, for a period of time, you had a pause where people were trying to understand what was happening and right. digest the marketplace. So as they realized that you know people figured out e-commerce, got comfortable with it, it wasn't going away. Mm-hmm. You know, Even if everything cleared up, people liked being able to point and click and order things online. You really started to see the interest in kind of, well, how are they going to keep up with this new demand? So the awareness really started to blossom, I think, over the last year. And as people are getting uh, comfortable that their business model is right, that the demand is going to stay at levels that they're currently seeing, Mm -hmm. they are really searching out those kind of applications that are going to help them meet that demand. So we're really seeing an engaged, educated customer coming forward now, which is great. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned the, the pause there because I think a lot of companies too, with the pandemic, they were expecting that uh, it's going to be like a like a drop off of sales, basically. And then you know, obviously, as we saw, it was. I think in some cases, you know, some companies were reporting that it's. It was higher than their typical peak, like during the the holiday season, before the holiday season. So you're dealing with multiple peaks, you know, throughout the year and definitely need to keep up. So talk to us a little bit about how how the technology that you guys are using has possibly evolved over the last year during the pandemic. How how have things changed since the last time uh, I spoke with you guys? Well, you know, I think the the biggest change um, from our perspective is we have a high speed throughput model. So mm-hmm. when we were at Everest, we had or Modex, we brought our uh, our impact model to the show. Right. It's a great solution. It provides high levels of productivity. You're looking at a throughput of uh, a machine rate of 493 per hour, mm-hmm. and now we've come out with a unit that will do 
1100 per hour. So this model really, you know, for people who have a high, you know, number of packages they need to get out per day, Mm -hmm. it really is fitting well with what they're looking for. So, you know, we're pretty excited that we have this product. It's almost like we had it ready to go for them in in this environment, which is great. And it's, we're rolling it out as that demand is, is, is there. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 1100 hours, that's, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting. I think that, you know, like we keep saying, everyone seemed to, you know, their normal Mm. became their peak and and then they didn't know what peak meant, you know, over Christmas this last year. And they, they found out that it was actually higher than uh, their normal. (laughs) So I think that's it is people are really trying to understand how this is going to evolve going forward. And I I think it's just going to keep going up. And so people are now planning for that. How do you keep up with that going forward? Mm. And, uh, you know, certainly throwing additional people in a tight space to handle that packaging is, is probably not something that's going to be feasible, especially with this virus going around. So there's just some other challenges that they're, they need to, to balance there. And now a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Supply Chain Mavens. The past year has been full of fascinating and complex supply chain news. From shortages and forecasting challenges, to issues with COVID-19 test components, to the never-before-seen speed to market of the vaccine. In the past year, logistics and supply chain professionals like you have been nothing short of miracle workers. Supply Chain Mavens helps your team to continuously improve by developing tailored training solutions to enhance your team's competencies so they can successfully work across all aspects of supply chain. They offer exam preparation for the coveted APIX certified in logistics, transportation, and distribution designation, as well as education and topics across the supply chain. Visit them at supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse to learn how they can help you advance your team's performance. That's supplychainmavens.net slash new warehouse. Now back to the show. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, I have a question for you regarding, I guess, the the item packaging and how, how it works because I recall as I'm talking to you, I got into a little bit of a discussion with with a couple of people about these automated packaging solutions on on linkedin and there's a couple of people that you know they're saying there, there's no way that something like this can can fully protect the items that are in the packaging so you know what measures are there in place to ensure that you know there's that the package is is tight and you know the, it can't get damaged so Certainly, there is a difference in in kind of what products you're shipping and what Mm -hmm. kind of um, protection needs to be around those items. The dimensioning that's happening as we're scanning the items, we're we're figuring out, you know, the largest dimensions we need to create the box. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's a cube. And what we do is if you need to protect something, uh, for example, you have a light bulb and you want something around that to protect it, Mm -hmm. well, simply... In an upstream process or right there at the induction station, someone can wrap bubble wrap around it. They okay. can put some kind of protection around it. We have inserts that can be used uh, to lock things into place. And we just then build the box around that protection. Mm. So there's a variety of different solutions that we can, can find once we understand the problem. And we look for sustainable, inexpensive solutions that 
are very easy to apply as you're you're inducting into the the CVP. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious how, how that works because, you know, people were, I guess saying that, you know, even though it's just, it's just closing up the box, right. And it's, it's still going to leave space and it can easily be damaged and things of that nature. They were, they were skeptics for sure. But I think that, you know, you just proved right there, you know, there's that ability to do it prior to. And I'm curious, you know, from the, because I know when you you inducted, I was watching the videos. You know, it goes through the scanner, it determines the dimensions. But how does it how does it determine the dimensions? Because I saw in the video there was something it looked like. I don't know if it was like a bike stand, but it was like a two pipes basically, and it wasn't in a it wasn't in like a box. It was not like a a cube or a, a typical rigid type of shape. So how does the scanner take that into account and kind of create those dimensions to ensure that it's making a box that's that's a cube so i mean as the items go through the scanner and it's a pretty simple you know think of it as a you know a light Mm. curtain that's coming down and as the items go through it's going to calculate all of those the largest dimensions right length height and width Mm. so if you think about it that from a 3d perspective as soon as we scan it we know what those largest dimensions are that the box, that that cube box needs to be. And that's what we then cut and crease the corrugate as it's being pulled through the machine in order to, to wrap it around it and create that tight fitting box. So it's the lasers in, in that new technology that allows us to, to really do it effectively in, in a, I, I'd call it a very simple, straightforward manner. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting to to see that because it was kind of like a, I don't know what it was exactly. To be honest, I mean, it looked like it, it looked like one of those floor bike stands, like that you put the tire in. I think, but it was like some pipes and they were like welded together. And I, I saw that and I was, thought it was interesting because it was like very. It's like a very odd shaped item, and as it went through, you know, it. it closed up just the way it needed to and it was like the right size and everything so i thought that was pretty interesting that it could handle something like that that wasn't necessarily like a a cube shape or rectangular shape yeah yeah it it really does a great job you know our engineers are pretty talented and created that so that any shape texture uh, and size that can go through the machine will capture those dimensions effectively so it's that's what really you know one of the core competencies of this is providing that flexibility around items being entered into it. Um, it'll pick up a poly bag. It'll pick up, mm. you know, a fuzzy stuffed animal as well as something rigid and, and hard going through the machine. So that, that's, that's one of the things that that flexibility to provide a variety of shapes, sizes, textures going through the machine is, is really a core competency of the machine. Hmm, interesting yeah yeah i mean it is very effective and i I see it can it can handle a lot of different things so so it's really a great asset and tool i think in the in the scope especially of a a high uh, throughput setup as well so i'm curious you know what's what's next and what's in the the future for for the automated packaging solutions well, I, I certainly think we're going to evolve with the customers and, and based on kind of what their needs are, whether that, you know, smaller packages, larger packages, there's a number of different things that we're looking at and have on our roadmap as we look forward. But I think at the end of the day, you know, the focus will be reliability of these machines mm-hmm. and, and being able to kind of really let the, the customer who's been just throwing labor at it, 
getting the problem done when he needs it. He's got to really rely on this. So I think you're going to see a focus on that going forward, which has been there for from the beginning. But that's going to be the real issue, I think, that people are going to be looking for going forward. And as long as it's keeping up with their throughput demand and creating that tight box, making sure, as you said, there's kind of no damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, the next thing we really see is this sustainability. I think people are focused on the environment. People are looking for solutions that, you know, are environmentally sound, if you will. So I, I think that's another big focus that we're seeing and hearing from our customers as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, the solution itself allows for those reduced environmental impacts because it's only using the necessary amount of cardboard, right? So you're not using, you know, a standard type box that maybe is like the smallest you have, but your smallest item is like 25% the size of the smallest box you have, right? So so it really makes a lot of sense. So it's, it's good what you guys are doing from a, you know, throughput and efficiency standpoint, but it's also good what you guys are doing from a sustainability and environmental impact as well. So Sean, I want to thank you for joining me today. How can people find out more information about Aquadian? They can certainly come to our website. We've got a couple of different ways they can get to us, but quadient.com is, is probably the, the quickest way to find um, information on our solution and look for and search out for the CVP. All right, great. And we'll put that information on the newwarehouse.com as well. So, Sean, thank you again for your time today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.